0: Tripoli to Tyre Tripoli we found to be a very interesting town, the old quarters of it medieval in appearance. We wandered about through its winding narrow thoroughfares. They were constructed with all the accidental intricacy of antiquity. I saw small dark stairs that led up to postern doorways and surprising platforms. It was impossible to estimate the endless contrivances to which these slippery stones, almost black with age, had been put as they lay upon one the other. There was a speckling starling in a cage above an archway, talking Arabic to everyone who passed. I stood looking at the homely bird, and then at the dusky, unscrupulous Syrian faces. A common starling seemed oddly out of place here. If the cage had imprisoned a rock, I would have thought it not incongruous, but that it should have held this familiar bird captive which in the winter rises between the grazing sheep from the sodden English meadows, its wings and the wings of its fellows silver-edged in the thin sunlight. Lawrence Stern would not have missed the anomaly of it. What was it doing here, so far from the spouting at the corner of the stable loft? I looked at it in astonishment, and then at the ghee in a shop opposite, being spooned from a bag made out of a grey, hairy skin, whether of goat or badger I could not well say. I climbed up a long flight of steps to the castle which overlooks the town. There was a fine, massive building with poor families still living among its ruins. In the courts of the castle, fig trees were growing. Its gates were studded with heavy nails. From its battlements we could see a mountain slope to the northward. The side of which was crossed with long white waving lines as though it had been under the plough of some agricultural giant. I was told later that these lines were caused by water. The mountains of Lebanon were to the south. On a bank outside the castle walls I found a strange plant that had something of the appearance of sea lavender. The hillside town of Tripoli is a considerable distance from Elmina, its seaside port. Between the two places are innumerable orchards fenced in by tall bamboo hedges. We hired a motor car to take us back to the harbour. The driver in his red fez drove his rattling conveyance at a fine rate. On more than one occasion I felt my toes grow straight in anticipation of an immediate and violent death. Since when at last we reached the custom house he demanded an exorbitant sum, We appealed to a French official who was standing by. Why do you ask for twice the legitimate fare, he inquired of the driver, with the cold, contemptuous look of a European. The driver had blue eyes, inherited perhaps from some merry crusader, and they ejected in our direction a malignant animal magnetism that could actually be felt. There's always something mean about such contests. When travelling, one should reconcile oneself to a continual leakage from one's money chest. It is the better way. Beirut was the most unpleasant place that we saw on all our travels. The sheep were taken off here bundle by bundle, not a single one of them to escape having a knife stuck in its neck. I had some conversation with an Arab trader who came on board and also could speak broken English. I asked him many questions. For example, how was it possible for any man of intelligence to believe in immortality? The wily old Muslim, who had, so he told me, seven wives, looked down at me with the very same expression of affronted condescension that I have seen people, that I have seen upon the faces of confident English church people. Do you believe in God? He asked. Now, this query, coming out so plump, I felt it would be uncivil to answer in the negative. It would be as though I denied the very first step of an argument, that time out of mind had been taken for granted. Besides, had not I my father's walking stick in my hand? I nodded assent. Well, continued the traitor, just as God has created you once and brought you onto onto this deck, so he will create you again after you are dead. But how can he, I asked incredulously, bring back breath to rotting bones? Think of the graveyards. How could you possibly imagine that the persons who lie in them, so many of them worthless, should have their consciousness recalled? It is an illusion suggested by egoism and maintained by folly. It is not to be believed. It is far from true reasoning. Not at all, answered my friend. God touches these bones on the loins where the bowed and notched spine joins the hips. That is the secret fulcrum of all life. And out from it with divine help will the body grow anew. This I know to be true, for I did not believe in a divine paradise prepared for me. And he pointed at the sky. Then I would treat myself as I shall soon be treating those wretched sheep which the merciful has created for our meat. We had supper in the upstairs room of a restaurant overlooking the central square. We had been pursued by restaurant keepers all along the street trying to control us, uh, cajole us into their separate houses. We had a bad meal. The soup with vermicelli was not good, nor was the macaroni, nor the bitter salad. Only the coffee consoled me. The stairway up to the room was strewn with torn fragments of paper and empty cigarette packets. Outside, the hooting of the cars was deafening. Across the way were the lights of a glaring cinema house. And yet it was in this very town that Herod the Great had pleaded against his two incomparable boys in an open court, and his enemy, out of a hatred for the king, had returned a verdict against them. Many new travellers got into the boat at Beirut. A youthful Syrian sat next to us. He was the kind of young man you might expect to meet at John's at Cambridge, obviously very sharp-witted. His skull was shaped oddly. Indeed, it reminded me of the pinhead in Ringer's Circus I once saw, whom Charles Dickens had named. What is it? Yet the odd shape of his skull in no way prevented him from entertaining many carping and critical thoughts, For he had a clever, shifty intelligence. We spoke of religion, and he was at no pains to conceal his contempt for Christianity. It is far inferior to Mohammedism. It is impracticable, always impracticable. It offers no specific direction for everyday contact, as does the other. I was fascinated, but at the same time offended by the man. It was like listening to the reasonable reasoning of a snake. It was like listening to the treasonable reasoning of a snake, with flat forehead raised out of the grass. I was surprised by a certain stir of loyalty on behalf of the faith of my childhood. I did not care to hear my father's religion derided by this oriental whose lips made a hissing sound when he laughed. After luncheon, he settled himself to sleep not far from my chair. The steamer continued to advance southward through a blue, motionless sea. I lay wide awake, trembling with excitement, my eyes following each fold and slope of the mountains of Lebanon. Presently we passed close by a small town built on the sea's edge. I knew it must be either Tyre or Sidon, but was uncertain as to which. I felt pour through the marrow of my bones mysterious intimations. I seemed to be possessed by a strange, imaginative reciprocity. I knew that I was experiencing moments in my life that were unaccountable, beyond reason. Moments of passionate appreciation. Moments that I could almost fancy had in them something of the inside of prophecy. It was an odd thing to happen to one who prides himself upon his acquaintance with the actual matter-of-fact earth and has no disposition for meddling with affairs transacted above the height of an ox when it stands with the sun on his hide in the middle of a pasture. The Syrian opened his eyes for a moment, and I took the opportunity of asking him the question that had so long been upon my lips. Were we passing Tyre? Did these white buildings actually belong to Tyre? The man looked up as though he were drugged. No, I think it is the other one, he answered with a drawl of unutterable boredom. With half-shut lids he yawned two or three times, and soon afterwards he was snoring again, his mouth wide open.